everybody. Hello, everybody. It is again just glad to good to be here and glad to be uh, with my family, my conversation in the black family. Um, today we decided we were going to discuss the black church experience, uh, tradition versus religion or religious versus spiritual. Mm. So kind of a three three piece um, discussion. You know, some of the things we do are out of tradition. Amen. And you could almost put tradition and religious in there together. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things aren't biblical. They, they don't come directly from the Bible. But because we always have those, but we've always done it this way uh, <laughs> mentality, we continue to do it that way, uh, continuing to get those same type of results or the lack thereof. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some things we do are uh, spiritual and biblical, and everybody doesn't necessarily understand that or agree with that. You know, it's it's interesting to me, um, and I won't tarry long, but it's interesting to me now how in the churches, uh, in, in the pandemic Black church, that, you know, people are now gutting out sanctuaries and putting in stadium seating <laughs> and and stages instead of what we are traditionally used to, the traditional church bench uh, <laughs> and the regular pulpit. You know what I'm saying? So that is interesting to me. I have seen several makeovers. Um, for me, I'm an old, I'm an old soul. I'm old school. I don't necessarily have to have a praise team. If we got a praise team, fine. Give me the choir. Give me mm-hmm. the whole choir sound. The choir marching down the aisle. If mm. you've been to my church, you get that that experience. You know, like it's different special days. Uh, give me the choir marching down the aisle. Give me the red hymnal, and the, you know the responsive reading, the morning hymn. Mm. Come on, Come on, <laughs> give, give me the robes. You know, give me the usher board number one, two, and three. You know, all them. That's stuff I like. Now, I appreciate that we have to do other things and we have to move from that. But, you know, the question is, why do we do the things that we do? Why do we cover the baptism, not the baptism, but the uh, communion table with the sheet? Is that is that biblical? Is that is that in the Bible that? Did y'all see anywhere in y'all Bible that said cover the that thou shalt cover the communion table with the white sheet? I have That was in Black Gospel, uh, chapter one, verse two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right after. Yeah, that's Black Church one on one. Right after um, the mothers of the church shall wear the big hats every Sunday. <laughs> that was right after that. That was right after that. Yeah. Or did they cover the communion table? Because the churches of yesteryear uh, didn't have air conditioning, so they had to raise the windows up, mm. and the flies and the mosquitoes and bugs would get in. And I don't want to, you know, take communion when the bugs the bugs then flew all over. Man, I will so that's you. that's how that custom was started. Mm-hmm. Not not nothing biblical. Ain't, wasn't no Bible in that. But if you try to take that custom away, <laughs> the people <laughs> have more power up in that church. Yeah, yeah, the people will fight you over it. <laughs> so yeah, you know why why don't we do some of the things that we do? I'll pa- I'll pass it on. But that's, that's what we're talking about today, people. And, and I would like to say, it becomes it, it's a very slippery slope because religion in itself is a tradition. Mm-hmm. because it is a mm-hmm. set of beliefs that have been passed down from generation to generation so so religion is a tradition but the traditions that we add to it or have been added to it throughout the years is that a part of the religion or is that a part of a, a certain system that we like to uphold and so that that's where the tension arises because how long does something have to be a tra- how long does something have to be a tradition 
for it to become a part of the religion? How long did they have to take the Lord's Supper before it to become a tradition? How long did they have to pray before it to become a tradition that's passed down or reading scripture or prophesying or speaking in tongues or, um, or all of those different traditions that we see upheld in the Bible? And so does it being... Um, so if it's in the Bible, is it a tradition that we uphold versus things that have just been passed down to us from our church experience? And can our church experience be just as authoritative as the Bible? Hmm. Hmm. Well, look at that. Look at Mr. Smarty Pants. That sounds real good. <laughs> <laughs> That's that that is that is the question, right? Because uh I think about Joshua and you know in Joshua four where he, you know, uh picks out twelve and says, you know, take up twelve stones. And when your children ask, you know, what mean these stones, you shall tell them, right? And that became tradition. That is a part of what they do. And so my question is, you know, especially if we we're going to like narrow this thing down to the black church. Right. Um, then what is it that 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 we do and that we should be honoring? And like, what is it about tradition? Right. That, you know. So we look at tradition as it maintaining a connection to the to the past. Cause that's what that's what tradition is, right? So you know, we go to family reunions because we wanna we that is what our grandmamas did. Um, that is that is how we find our sense of identity, and you know, that's when you know the cousins that you can't talk to. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so you if, especially if you got a big family, you know what I'm talking about, Andre. Um, so you will know, uh huh. So you will know that uh, uh, your family. So you will have a sense of identity. So you will have a connection to your past. Uh, I can remember from a very long time ago, you know, as a little bitty girl, we're going to, we're going to my great aunt's house in Murfreesboro, you know, to the family reunion. Now we don't go there anymore. It's at a park, right? But it started mm -hmm. at, at someone's house and somebody has to keep up that tradition. And so goes it with the church. And that is merely to stay connected to the past, to have a sense of identity, right? And so when, so when your children ask you, what does this mean? You can tell them. But there are some things in the church that we don't, we don't need to be doing, right? Like? There's some things in the church that, that um, it's not serving a purpose today. And I think, I think that, I think when we, like, uh, it was traditional for women not to be in the pulpit. Amen. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, like. Y'all need to be quiet and, and sit down And women somewhere. can't teach men. I mean, I mean, that's a, that's an easy grab. I mean, you know, it's the low hanging fruit. <laughs> You know, but I, I'm talking about, you know, things that hold people back. Right. So we can talk about that. We can we can discuss that in length. But it's, as our intros, I'm just saying there are some things that we probably want to throw out. Right. But then there's also some things that I know we show sure enough need to keep. Right. But in the name of progress, we've thrown them out as well. And so, Andre, you're the one who I would say give you your uh, uh, responsive reading. You know what I'm saying? Your old, your old programs, I'll, and yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll it, it, with responsive reading. You know, if it's done right, and the people respond, <laughs> and the people participate yes, to, together, and everybody's on one accord. What happened to the in, in Acts when they were all on one accord? The Holy Ghost came. You know, if, if, if the folk are on one accord, and you know. A, the, the the responsive reading is used to get people on one accord. But if you look out in the congregation, the people look like they've been sucking on lemons all day and all night and didn't know angels keep oh, watch Lord. over. They, they look like they got rocks in their jaws. Mm. 
And <laughs> you know what? They, they, they faces is sad. They're they not reading. They never done nothing for them. Yeah, yeah, they're not reading. They're fumbling and bumbling through it. But you have somebody up there that's reading and putting their all into it, and you put your all into it, and the spirit moves and flows. Like, what type of worship experience would you have? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that heart-to-heart that, that, that and breast-to-breast. You, you know, that, that fire. And we, and we say, oh, we don't, you don't need the praise team to pump and prime you. But the folk will sit there while the praise leader, and, and you know, get upset. Oh, get, stand to your feet, clap your hands. We, we should not need that. So, you know, I I, rem, I remember the deacon, the deacon getting getting down yes, on one knee, you know, oh praying his God. prayer. Uh, I I remember devotion. My you know, songs like I it. don't know. Where I'd be without the what Lord. you what what you what you mean what you mean the deacon used to I'm the used the deacon used to used to get on his knee the deacon still get on his knee sir I wonder if the light yes, of the sir. lighthouse come on boy <laughs> will shine you search, on me guide me oh thou pilgrim oh pilgrim through oh, you can't leave very peaceful you know. You can't leave out while I'm traveling through this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, in, in, in a sense, it's good to have some traditions. It's good to hold on to some of that because you know it, it pains me, it bothers me. A few years ago, I was teaching in a high school, and Black History Month, of course, of course, you you're going to have. But let me let me make this clear: Black History is three sixty five. Twenty four seven. As long as I'm black, I'm history, mm. <laughs> and that's yes, been since about nineteen and so and so and so. So nineteen and what? Nineteen and <laughs> no, what? So... <laughs> yeah, we need to hear that a little louder, boy. <laughs> so I, I, I've been black for for a long time. I've been black all my life. But I was teaching in Black History Month. Of course, you're going to highlight a little bit more. You're probably going to give a little bit more attention, a little bit more push to it. Um, but it, it bothered me that the people didn't know, the, the young people did not know the Negro National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing. Now, I don't know about your churches or how you grew up or where you came from, but our church, especially if we didn't sing any other time, especially Black History Month, them four Sundays in February, <laughs> that was the hymn. Lift every voice. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we sang we, it every Sunday for the month of February. By, by then, yeah, by then, by the fourth Sunday, we we was kind of tired of it, but we had that passion, and the people were really feeling it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we can't let all the tradition and all the history kind of go. So what becomes the metric or the litmus test for what needs to stay and what has to go? If it's doing more you know dividing, what? Then it is causing unity. It needs to go. Say it again, Jameson. I said, if it's doing more dividing than it is causing unity, then we need to let it go. You know, I think I think you know tradition should speak to the future, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like tradition should be for for the future, and if it's not, then that is the litmus test. Right. If, if, if tradition is, is serving us now or it's self-serving, then we need to check it. So, for instance. Right. So it was uh, uh, how long has Nathan and I'm sorry, Kentuckians, but Andre travel with me. Uh, you know, Nathan <laughs> bet for fours, which y'all should know who he is. Um, his bus mm-hmm. is at the Tennessee State Capitol. Right. And so, like, it's been this, it's been this fight. Like, dude got to go, right? Like, that bus has to come up out of the state, Tennessee State Capitol. So, that's tradition. He's been there for a while. So, what is, what is that saying to the, as it speaks to the future, right? That's what that does. It's saying, I'm a racist white supremacist, right? That, and, and this mm-hmm. is what is, this is, this is how we govern. This is how we, you know, look at the people 
or we govern the people of the state of Tennessee, right? We preference white people over black people, right? That's, that's those monuments that have been, uh, you know, been coming down one by one all across the nation, right? Because they can't stand. Correct. And so uh, the, con- the Confederate flag and, and the, the daughters of Confederacy and, and things like that, like that speaks to tradition. That speaks to the future. And so if we don't want a future where that is so or where those principles stand or those values, you know, we want to uphold those values, then they got to go. Right. And so. And but and and okay. And so if we if we look at it like that, then and, and we dial it down to, you know, the black church, then. We look at traditions that give us a false sense of identity, right? Or a false sense of, um, uh, uh, you know, who we are. Meaning like men are, 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 are more valuable than women. Or, or um, you know, um, I understand how it back in the day. So I watched the, did y'all watch the PBS Black Church thing? You know did. Did. I know y'all did. did. I know y'all mm-hmm. did because y'all are, I learned I learned scholars <laughs> and fellows and things like that. And you know, just kind of piggybacking off of of Henry Louis Gates and and kind of this idea of what they um did with this documentary, right? And um and how they shaped uh this black church experience. Right for us, um, in in which we knew it was pre, it was probably done what twenty nineteen ish. It was it was before twenty twenty, I'm sure. And then one of the statements that they said that the black church is a symbol was a symbol of protest. It is a symbol of protest, and it is uh and and really kind of thinking of tradition as. Uh, how we express our values, right? And so if our values are saying that somebody is less than, then that's when we have a problem. Because if we're, if we're saying that God is not a respecter of persons and, you know, I mean, like our, our, our actions have to match what we say in public. And I ain't talking about the people that saying that, you know, they literally will say that they better than somebody. I ain't talking about them. I'm talking about those of us who who will voice that women are equal to men or, you know, it doesn't matter if you are gay, straight, whatever. Like, I ain't talking about those folk who are learned and will say these things, but then their actions don't say. So, you know, it was that when Vashti, uh, when Bishop McKenzie said, you know, the, the church was very quick to, to speak up against racism, but not sexism. Right. And, and those traditions that kind of oh. stick and the, they kind of fall in line with that. It's, it's those type of things that I think we need to we need to, number one, look at. But then we also need to call out. So what was you saying, Andre? Um, you were talking about the nation. Nath- for Forest. Uh, Right. before is bust in the state capitol and while I don't think it has its place in the state capitol I I still see that it's part of history good bad and different and it may have its place in the museum because people still need to know you know what what right and what so it was so it does you not can come put back it in to, the basement of the wherever you want to but it ain't gonna be in the capitol where people um make decisions on how my life is affected right and how and i mean we have a ten, there's a there's a new right. tennessee state uh, I, I'm, I'm just museum. saying like you can put it in the basement of wherever you want to put it but what i'm saying is people are crafting laws right that affect my well-being and the well-being of my son and my family and so if nathan bedford forrest is uh you know uh ideology permeates the the place then that's not a future that I want to, you know, I want it to be shaped by. And that, that is the, that is the same way with the church. So how are we shaping the future with the traditions that we're, that we're carrying with us? 
And so some things that we we don't need to get rid of. And I mean, in the name of progress, we've gotten rid of them because, you know, I mean, progressives wouldn't dare, you know, you pass me the great coupon. Progressives wouldn't dare uh, uh, get on their knees and pray, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. progressives wouldn't dare. Sing a, sing a Dr. Watts hymn. But in that you same, mean it's not Kirk Franklin? Are you serious? Uh, you know, I mean, come on now. In that same, in that same frame of thinking, you know, because we may not see the deacon pray, there is a generation of people that don't know how to pray. True that. Mm-hmm. Because we don't hear the hymn. There is a generation of people that don't know how to, or don't know the hymns. <laughs> and he, we look in the Psalms, the Psalms are hymns. The Psalms are sung. So the, the hymns, um, biblical. Mm-hmm. Communion, biblical. Baptism, biblical. biblical. <laughs> uh, you know th- th- those things. Th- I mean, the Bible. Some of this other stuff is is man made, and that we do for ourselves. Well, to even speak to your point, uh, the argument can be made: the baptism and Lord's Supper are man made, because when you truly place them in their proper historical context, baptism wasn't new. John was baptizing before Jesus came on the scene. Correct. The Lord's Supper, the Lord's Supper was something that naturally happened in the flow of a Roman meal to transition the meal uh, to the entertainment portion. So he just took what was naturally already there and gave it a sacred meaning. And, And so therein, that is the beauty of the black church. The black yeah, but with yes, the sacred meaning. But it was something that was man-made that was given a sacred meaning. And so the black church has always been able to take the secular and make it sacred. That That is one of the uh, nuances that the black church has. But who made who made that sacred? Who made the, the Lord's Supper Jesus sacred? made it sacred. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so so now that it's sacred, I, I hear you saying it, it, it man-made tr- transfer from it's, it's been made sacred. So I stand and I rock with. And when you look at the Apostle Paul, <laughs> there are certain uh, rules and ordinances you could say that he lifted up in his writings that were authoritative because of his position, but were still man-made. And what's crazy is more people follow exactly. Paul than to they speak to Jesus. the homosexual piece. Jesus said nothing about <laughs> homosexuality. He spoke about sexual immorality, but he never definitively said anything about homosexuality. Paul said that. Jesus said nothing. And who's to and say I, that? I've heard Paul's that argument story. as well. I've heard that, and 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 and, and depending on how you want to exegete or analyze his writings, there can be an argument for that. Uh, So, in us taking the secular and making it sacred, that is where our real traditions of the black church, other than those handed down to us through the biblical means, that that's what we do. Choirs marching in. That's sacred in in many black churches. and, and, and there's My nothing wrong is. with that. Mm-hmm. Choirs marching in doesn't hurt anything. And to speak uh, to, to James, uh, <laughs> you said that if a tradition divides, it's something that needs to go. But when you look at Christianity in its essence, it is a religion that is designed to divide. Mm. That is true. Because religion is set up on dichotomies, light and darkness, love and hate. It's meant to divide. And so I don't think we can necessarily say a tradition has to go if it divides because it depends on what it's dividing. 
and even in the documentary, even in the PBS documentary, um, it showed that you know, even when the the blacks went to worship with the white folk, they were still they weren't as saved as the white people were, if they were considered saved at all. Uh uh-uh, uh, you look get to the nigga. nigga you can't pray in here. <laughs> you yeah, you you can go to the nigga church. You know what I'm saying? So and 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 it still holds true that eleven o'clock is probably still eleven o'clock on a Sunday is probably still the most segregated hour. And so in my America. question is blacks and whites worshiping together. Will it truly solve racial issues? Because we see blacks and whites that worship together now. We still have racism, mass incarceration, redlining, uh, and food deserts. You name it. You t- look. You you spin the wheel on social ills, and we still got it. Um, Southern. Convention. They they got black people. They so, black people in churches. Uh, they doing interracial churches. Uh, you got uh, in Louisville. You got all nations now. Which I give him credit. He marches with Black Lives Matter and does all that. But I don't. But my personal opinion. You do that to appease the the majority of your membership. You do that for you do that for the sake of protection protecting the bag. So, well, us worshiping together truly solve anything. So, um, my best friend's home church in Austin, Texas, they participated in what was called a Looks Like Heaven initiative. And the Looks Like Heaven initiative was the pastor and the choir going to a different church um, of a different nationality. So predominantly white church, the pastor and the choir would go to a predominantly black church and they would switch for that Sunday. And those churches, so if my church came to John's church, I would follow their, their service and vice versa to get that look like heaven initiative. Well, that's good for that Sunday. But on Monday, we go back <laughs> to being, you know, it's in that food it's... desert. Uh in, in, in that divided state. Oh, did you know, oh, didn't we have church? Oh, we had a wonderful time. Oh, yeah, Pastor, thank you project. so much for coming. That that and, that's Sunday. Well, you Monday, know what? I think you we, know. We I we mean, are. we all know it. We are to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Like, I mean, there are some. There are right, but I'm well, what I'm everybody saying. Don't acknowledge but listen truth. to what I. That, that's what? where you get. Okay, them. crazy. Everybody okay. don't acknowledge. So listen, what I'm, I'm saying is that's what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> but here we go with. I've said this before on our conversation in the Black Podcast. Uh, that drops on Mondays at noon um, that we serve Mm -hmm. two masters, right? Like we serve, you got the God of the slave and the God of the slave master. You got the white Jesus and the black Jesus. Now that is my opinion. You don't have to roll with it. You don't have to believe it, but um, I don't, I don't know. So Alex, your question is worshiping. If if, uh, worshiping together will solve anything. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know separation is sin. Like I know that. Is I know it? I yep, separation is sin. If, if separation from God is sin. So I I do know that much. So if 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 we're looking at separation is sin, then yeah, we got a problem. Now, if we can do it, is that's on us. But um I know that I also know that um the if we go back to tradition and customs and the black church being a, a symbol of protest and all the slave master really wanted us to do was break a connection to our past then we got a problem 
you know, and I think we still have a problem. And we've always had a problem. We've had a problem with American government, with the United States government, and how um, disconnecting us with our past and fooling people and uh, bamboozling our, our young folk primarily into thinking that, you know, it all started with them, right? And, and kind of throwing tradition away and, you know, not, not honoring a sense of um, uh, 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 community with young people, right? And, and throwing out the rich history you know, and not teaching the history. And I ain't saying the government got to teach the history, but we all know that we ain't getting the right story. We ain't getting the correct story. And then mm-hmm. we can all, I, I don't care what you say, we can agree on that. We ain't getting the real story. And and it's up to us to teach it, but we not getting what we supposed to be getting. And so if that is the case, then, then I don't think, I don't even think we can trust it. Like, and, and so um, if we're going to talk about really like tradition and where and where it starts and how we share and honor our past because in order for us to go forward you know and walk in our bright future then you know um what we have uh right now and kind of like the 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 new age um uh you know these i don't want to call them millennials or that ain't really what i'm saying but like the young folk right kind of um um, not honoring the past and how we've thrown away some of the traditions that that um, will help us shape our future. Like that's where we that's where we lose it. And so I think we need to figure out what it is that we need to keep, you know, and that what it is that we keep, and then what it, what it is that we throw away. I think, and then what are new traditions? So what are some new traditions we need to think about? What are traditions that are being created outside of the church? Because we feel like everything has to happen inside of the church. Whereas, you know, women have had to go outside of the church many, many times and create because we weren't welcomed inside of the church. Right. And then so what do we need to what do we need to be um, creating outside? we need to what was created outside that we need to be bringing inside so how you said we make the secular sacred right and and it's always kind of been a vice versa type thing because y'all know i sent y'all that text about that music and then nobody say nothing who said something about when i sent y'all that who said something what y'all cry for yeah, y'all better remember because i, I come remember. to kentucky <laughs> alex what you got to say what you I say alex I, what, I what? I'll be honest. I really don't remember. I, I get a leash on you. Don't don't make don't. Make I don't me. need you. So listen, but we understand that we borrowed, <laughs> right? And it's always kind of been, um, for a majority of us, we were grown and raised in the church, and a lot of what we do outside of the church has been shaped by the church. And those traditions and our values. But I think, you know, we need to think about new traditions as well. So honoring the old ones and, and what kind of new ones can we make? What new traditions should we be making at this mm-hmm. at this point in time? We have all of these movements. These It's new things. We are we are in the technological age. And I think we need to think about that. I mean, of course, we need to think about it, but the people that are going to make the tradition, they have to make sure they have the purpose for the tradition because, you know, this current generation has a lot of questions, has a lot of questions, and where we lose them is we don't have the answers for their questions. At all. And so they haven't lost, they haven't lost God. They've just lost us. And oh, they haven't left God. They haven't lost God. They haven't left God. They just lost and left us. I agree with that because I remember in the church. In church, I got to the point I was asking questions, and then I graduated and went to college. And my pastor, my former pastor, um, he said, "I'm so glad you're going to school." He said because you were starting to ask me questions I couldn't answer. He he was relieved. To oh be my. rid of me because I was in. 
Oh my. And so that, that that is the issue that a lot of young people run into. And a lot of them may not have the resilience to say that's just that pastor. And, and not equate it to all pastor seats. That there is a logical fallacy that takes place in a lot of younger people that one bad experience equates to uh, it, it ruins the experience for any for everything in that one realm. You, you know what? One bad experience with the church. All churches are bad. You know what, Alex? I would even say that that's our experience with God. Um, meaning, we have questions that our faith can't answer. Like it's just not. It's just not what your pastor can't answer. We have questions that our faith can't answer. Right. So if you you hanging on the cross and you say, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? And you don't get your answer until you go over to the other side. Then that obviously says that we have questions that our faith can't answer. Right. <laughs> so it's not just about questions that your pastor can't answer. We got questions that our faith can't answer. Right. And so how do you live with those questions? And then, you know, going circling back to tradition and customs how do you uh, what is it that sustains us right or you know and going back to like that uh that documentary again right so Mahalia Jackson so so Martin Luther King he's standing up there all young looking at the pulpit he don't know he don't know where to put his hands y'all remember on uh uh Ricky Ricky Bobby when he was doing that interview and he had his hands up he didn't know where to put his hands (laughs) So Martin Luther King, he he at the he on the pulpit and, and Mahalia Jackson stand up, she just starts saying, and he looking like, well, what the heck? You know, because that's what she needed to do at that time. Right? She just she just busted out and started singing. And they were saying, you know, while they were playing that little clip, they were saying, you know, she would go and raise money. And when they would, he would call her and she would sing to him. Like when he ain't know what to do, right? And and that would that would help 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 get him through, right? And how our songs of of the past and those hymnals and those uh those um uh uh what you call them? Damn, I don't blanked on the spirituals. Come on, Jameson. Spiritual. How they have carried us through, right? Mm-hmm. And those traditional things, those those traditional songs. That, that we don't quite understand now because we want contemporary, but it was the traditionals that have carried us through, right? And we don't know how they, mm-hmm. they did. Uh, somebody made a comment on, on that, uh, uh, on that uh, documentary and they said, our body remembers our worship, right? And so that means that, you know, as we worship, God, we don't even know, you know, half the time what, you know, somebody get to shout and you don't know what you're doing, but your body remembers, our body remembers our past, our body remembers our ancestral history, right? And so really to kind of throw that away and it just diminishes over time, it, it, um, it doesn't do our future generations justice, but it is, it is those things that don't serve us any purpose right when we diminish the characters of others or we tell somebody that they're less than that that we need to we need to check and we need to throw out so i don't know y'all go ahead i'll say for me it is about maintaining and creating in the next generation a collective memory uh, you referenced those memorial stones. That, that's what that was about. The Passover. They, the Jews that's still right. celebrate that today. It's mm-hmm. about collective memory. And so the black church is the collective memory of the African American experience. And so the traditions mm-hmm. that we need to keep are those that connect us to our past but propel us into our future. And so we have to continually be evaluating what is the collective memory that comes along with this tradition and what are the memories that we're making in the present that we'll be able to pass on to the next generation so that it helps to push them and to propel them. Because the point of the collective memory 
is that you never forget what has happened, but it's supposed to give you hope in the present, even when you're facing problematic predicaments, even when you're facing uh, suffering, even when you're facing uh, um, uh, just the gamut or the vicissitudes that life throws at you, our systems throw at you. That is the black church. It's this collective memory that we are a people that is not broken. We can't be broken. We won't be denied. We That's have right. persistence about us. We have a survival mode that we continually can uh, uh, default to, that we will make it regardless of how hard or how arduous things may be. That collective memory informs you that, yes, things may be bad, but my ancestors made it through worse. That's right. And so for me, that is the point of tradition. That's what we have to hold on to is that collective memory. But you know what? We've been in survival mode since we started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we have generations, we but we have we generations that have come along that didn't know that we were in survival mode. Mm-hmm. That's why you see, that's right. Uh, like with the with Trayvon Martin, when that happened, that's why you saw so much outrage because there was a generation born that didn't realize we lived in a racist society. And, and really, the, the segment mm-hmm. of, of our people that didn't realize it were those that got to live a more privileged life than, than other blacks. That's right. I mean, it, it all started with, with them. That, that has been the issue. Like, when, when history starts with you, we're in trouble, right? We are a part of a treasured past. The story didn't start with us. Like the story started a long time ago. And if you don't recognize that, that's when you know you're in trouble. Like we're in trouble if we believe, and I'm saying some folk do believe that it starts with them. And so that is where we have, you know, kind of forsaken the tr- tradition, you know, and I ain't talking about the tradition that's, that's not good. I'm talking about the tradition that, that upholds our values. Right. And connects us to our past, a treasure past. Right. That that uh, Alex, as you said, you know, tells the story of how we made it over. Right. And how we continue to make it over. And where our hope lies and, and things like that and, and where it all started. That's where that is where yeah. it, it all kind of it's it 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 um it um uh, uh it resonates Right. It resides. Our, our tradition and our story resides right there. And I think um, for a lot of us, we've traded that in. We've traded it in for a lot of stuff. We've traded in for money. We've traded in for power. We've traded mm-hmm. it in for um, status. We've traded in, like, like you said, for the bag. You know, hey, we traded in for a lot of things. But you know, we either choose to ignore it, um, you know, forget about it. We we actually literally don't know it, right? But for those of us who do, it is up to us to keep some tradition and to keep tradition alive. Now, what I don't know, what we gonna? I don't know if we gonna keep to put the one finger up when we leave the sanctuary. I don't. I mean, you know, I don't know about that. <laughs> Well, that's unnecessary. We don't need no, that. We, don't, we ain't got nobody mad, so we trying to. T- we ain't trying I'm to just saying. So no, we got to go out to the rest to the restroom I'm to the outhouse. Saying. So we don't need the. You finger. can do it. The finger yeah. is, uh, you can, is a slave tradition. You can put your one finger it's, it's down. I'm just saying. So, tradition. like, those are the things, but that's what I'm talking about. Like, you can put your one finger down. But what you can do, but what you can do is honor somebody's calling. That's what you can do. You can put your mm. one finger down, but honor somebody's calling. <laughs> right? You can, you can, you can, you can um, mm. put your one finger down, 
but also, you know, kind of make sure make make sure that you are um uh respecting people as they come in and and they want to worship God with you, right? And 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 they worship God with you in spirit and in truth. Right? And so those are the those are the things that I think we need to, you know, like those are the the new traditions. Right. And I did want to, you know, I wrote down, I wrote down, you know, watch night. What y'all think about watch night? I, I love watch, watch night. Me personally. Uh, because uh, I was in a church and I was serving there and the pastor said, you know, I don't know if we need to do watch night. It's becoming outdated. And, mm. I, and I had to hold my mule. I had to hold it. Um, and hold my tongue because I want to tell that Negro something but I said hold on, hold on. <laughs> because when you look at what watch night represents until we experience true freedom true equality true equity we still need a watch night because we're still watching for what they were watching for Man. we just got to Further yes, along in the process, but we're still watching and waiting. Yes, sir. Yep. Sometimes I wonder are we further along in the process when we really look at uh, what we're going through. Yep. Sometimes, very true. For me, <laughs> for me, watch night is very special. Um, of of course, be, because of all, um, it it stands for and all it means. Wa- waiting for that bell to hit midnight, uh, for that freedom announcement, uh, so and so forth. I know it's that. Also no, something in the game. No, 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 no a better time to bring in my birthday, a better way to to start my year off than to be in worship. Um, and I and I tell people the one time, and, and well now and now it's two, but the first time I was not in, that I can cognitively say I was not in a watch night service um, for my birthday. I ended up in Kuwait and Iraq for ten months. <laughs> so like I, I didn't start off right and that year just wasn't a good year. Now I don't know what <laughs> happened last look, I don't know what happened last year because I was there. <laughs> but like, I don't know how I don't know how last year got messed up because I was in watch night. <laughs> but you know, it, it, it's it's just something about bringing bringing the, the year in, bringing a new year of life. You know, you've you've been around the the globe another another time um god has kept you for another year he's blessed you to enter in to that new year or that new decade or what have you amen you me know, too so i i, I hope me too special. i remember minty minty watch nights i, I, I was special. like hey we going to church first you know and that's before <laughs> anything you know what i'm saying and i was like yes we're going to church first we're gonna first. see y'all after church first. and um and that was that was our tradition just because um you know it was it was like paying homage or you know uh we 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 honor our past and then we kick it but but i know we're gonna honor our past first and so and that is one of those traditions in the black church for us like the the, the black church experience and that that's something just just specific for us Right. And um, and really kind of making sure that something um, as sacred as the freedom of a people is is not taken lightly. And it is to be remembered. Right. And how we even remember it outside of the church, because this is where I was getting to with that first question. It was like, okay, so for those of us who have chosen to go outside of the church and do some work. Right. Because don't think that. We haven't been influenced by the church. Everything we pop, we we do as a people, as black people, have primarily been influenced by the church, because that's where it all started. 
So even if we are outside mm-hmm. of the church and we're doing our thing, right? We've still been influenced by the church at some at some level. And so as we make new traditions and as we, you know, bring church and 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 black church traditions with us outside in the community, you know, where does that stand? And then how do we bring in new traditions that have been instituted outside of the church, inside of the church? Like, that's the thing, right? Because we swap and we know we swap. We know we know that uh, blues and, 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 and R&B was influenced by gospel music. And then you go out and you, you, you know, you, you do some things outside of, uh, in, in outside of the church with music. And then you bring it inside to, in a church. And so how do we, how do we bring in new traditions and create new traditions and make sure that it is life-giving and, um, and, 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 and that, that symbols equality, Right. And, and fairness and things that God loves because a lot of things that we do, a lot of the traditions that we did in the church, God ain't no one near that. And we know that. Right. And I ain't finna be pointing the finger and stuff like that, which I could, <laughs> but I'm just saying, we know that. No, cause Alex, you already know how, what you, what you say. I, I hate, I hate when I get that women's day invitation. Remember when you said that? Yes. You, you didn't sound like no girl when you said it, but I'm just saying. <laughs> you was like, I, you know, I used to get them Women's Day invitations, and that just wasn't the best thing. That's exactly right, because you shouldn't have been, but you did. And so what I'm saying is those those type of, you know, interactions where traditionally wasn't no woman going to be invited for a Women's Day to speak. And, you know, all I'm just saying, what things can we do to to make new traditions? As as black church people, and and creating a, a a black church experience as we create new things, not just honor the old, but then we also we're creators. We're creating things on our own. How do we create new church traditions, black church traditions, and how do we how do we contribute to this thing? I don't know. I said one of the best things I saw. <clears throat> Now, Andre, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, with New Zion, uh, Ocker. Last year for his pastor's anniversary, uh-huh. he brought in protesters Scooby. and he let them run his anniversary. And he what? used it as a platform for what they're doing. And, and that was so profound mm-hmm. to me because he took something that didn't necessarily start in the church, but he gave them a voice in the church. Mm-hmm. He allowed a protester to preach his anniversary. He allowed them to come in, leave worship. Yes. Yes. Well, she's a preacher, but though. Wow. She was more known for the she, she is a preacher, though. Preacher. So, I mean, yeah. So that was very profound to me. That, that's correct. And I would love to see other churches do things like that, and mm-hmm. other churches do that because he took a day that the black church normally makes about the pastor, and he made it about the issue. Wow. Wow. That's what it takes for us to yep. make traditions. And he brought in a female preacher, so I know Alicia will be happy. <laughs> but don't make me come up there. So listen, and you know what? That's that's exactly what I'm talking about. Because now we, if we think about, you know, and I think it, it, it also has to do with media, mass media and things like that. But it affects us, right? And so the killings of black men and women and how that fits in in our protest um, and the church being a symbol of protest, right? Um, what is that? What does that mean to the church? And how can that be a new tradition? Like a, as a protest, the killings of black men and women. How do we fit that in 
as a, as a new tradition, right, of the black church. Uh, these things, the, these, mm-hmm. these anti-poverty, anti-hunger, anti, you know, um, uh, homelessness, um, you know, our folks don't have any, how do we, how do we fit the protest of uh, these things into the tradition of our church, which speaks to our values? That is the question. Right. It takes our leaders stepping up. It takes our leaders within the church to step up and say, hey, we're going to do something different. But you have to teach that. Like, you can't wake up one day and, you know, the sheet be off the table. You have to teach that that's not a biblical thing. You have to teach that, you know, this ain't got nothing to do, this ain't nothing holy, so on and so forth. So whatever it is, whatever step we take, you have to teach it to get the people's mindset wrapped around it. Because yes, the only thing constant in the world is change, but if you change too quick, the people will push back. And you, after a while, you won't have any people to change yeah. with. And I mean, and if if we're covering if we're, if we're covering the Lord's Supper mm-hmm. to show reverence to God, how do we show reverence to God other than covering the Lord's Supper with a with the with the white tablecloth? You know what I'm, I mean? But 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 it's not reverence. It was to keep the flies out, literally. It was literally to keep the flies out because there was no air conditioning, and it was hot in there, and you had to raise the windows. So the flies got on you, but it didn't get on the communion. It didn't get on the Lord's supper. That's where the sheet came from. It wasn't to show reverence. And what's crazy, um, I've been in a service where the mothers would fight over who's taking the sheet off. <laughs> it's my Sunday, Geraldine. Well, Gertrude, you did it last, last month. It's my Sunday. No, y'all fighting over something that has no value and doesn't amount to anything. You know, but I'm thinking, you know, your, um, your will to serve. In, instead of, you nothing. know, fighting over who's going to take the sheet off, like Geraldine and her, and her folks. And instead of them fighting over who's gonna take the sheet off, like who who fighting to serve the folk who hungry? That's the question. Okay. Okay. Oh, ain't no, ain't no fight there. No, nobody. <laughs> nobody. I'm do that. Nobody. I pray for nobody, baby. This one. Ain't, ain't nobody fighting the service. Very last time. We got crop. a new David weapon you, at the bush. I think we got a new David weapon. Mm-hmm. For when, because when you call for somebody, okay, we're going to, you know, do room in the end. We're going to do the the homeless ministry. We're going to f- do a, a community feeding. The folks start bawling their faces up. I ain't volunteering for that. They get all, oh, God. Oh. Yep. Who and they come over here and then they don't they don't always no. be clean. Like, be grateful because that's a blessing that you have. This is an opportunity you have to reach that that the least, the lost and left out. Amen. And you're ungrateful because you've been blessed with that opportunity. It could be you, now you? help me make sense of that. What the songwriter say? It could have been me. Yeah, that's what, what you should be saying. Yeah, 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 no yeah. Songs, yeah. Make it make sense. For all along. Yeah, <laughs> but he didn't let fit. <laughs> but he didn't see fit. <laughs> but he didn't see fit to let none of these. But every day by his power. every day by Come his power, he's kept on keeping me. Yes, so that's why we can say, "Are you done for me?" For me. Thank you, Lord, for all. Yeah. Not soon. You done yeah. for me. Yeah, y'all better get me happy over here. Wait a minute. Okay, now what now? I'm just saying. But but those are the traditions yes. I know, right? Okay, but that but that's but those are the traditions that we want to institute. The you know, we want to it it is like don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We want to keep those life giving, those um uh traditions that uh shape will help shape our future. 
that are that are instituted for our future and not and not for ourselves. Yeah, I'm 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 here for it. And you know, zennials, millennials, Xs, Yers, Boomers, whatever Amen. category you fall in, Amen. you're necessary. Amen. You're needed. You're wanted in the church. And you know, we as leaders in churches have to take time out to let people know that they're wanted. And not only that they're wanted, they're appreciated when they do the work. Even if it's not the way we think it should be done. So, yeah, you're you're appreciated. You're wanted. Um, You know, there's a lot of traditions that we may not even have answers to. You know, we we, we may not know. I I don't know where devotion originated from. I don't know why the praise team started. (laughs) You know what I mean? I, I I don't know these different things, but I can appreciate it because it was like a a, 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 a training ground to help me in my journey. And maybe that's not what you need. So as we are going and constantly developing and evolving in the church, let's try to make sure that we're trying to develop and evolve those who are on the ride and on the journey with us in this um, black church experience. <laughs> and let me throw in and, and remember how, you know, traditions just speak to the future, right? And how we shape the future and what you want to leave for people and, 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 and what you want the future to look like, like the best, the very best that you can give, the very best that you can leave, the, uh, better than than what you than what you had than what you can give right that 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 what you that 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 what you've experienced like tradition it should speak to a future that is better than the present right and not self-serving but it is for others that is what tradition and 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 how we how we kind of shape and what we hold on to and what we take with us. That's what tradition should look like and what we should what what we should leave and what we should keep and then what we should what we should throw away. What we should kind of question. So Alex and Jameson. Um, I concur with everything that has been said, and I just mm-hmm. simply want to leave our listeners with this quote. You know what, Alex? You know what? I'm tired of this. Every time you finna drop a nugget or some knowledge (laughs) or something, your phone go out. Jesus. Alex, come back. Come come back, bro. Come back, David. Come back. Well, while we're waiting on him. Well, Jameson, you go ahead. You go ahead and let's see if we can get out. Uh, for me, what I believe with the people is that um, I'm like uh, you, Andre. I grew up on those hymnals. <laughs> uh, when I was younger, I didn't understand them. <laughs> I used to think when I was younger, don't these older folks know anything besides these songs in this hymn book? But as I've gotten older, I've realized that the hymns point to him. And they, them hymnals will get you through some things when you're going through. They will help you when you're going through. Don't get me wrong, I love Kurt Franklin and all of them as well. But sometimes I don't need to hear Stump. Sometimes I need to hear uh, There's Not a Friend Like a Lowly Jesus. No, not one. No weapon formed against me is a good song. All right now. But sometimes I need to hear hold to God's unsaved hand. Come on, preacher. Oh. That's so it. it's like there's a time and a place for everything. As the scripture says, for everything, there's a time and a place. There's a time to 
there's a time for everything that we go through in our life. And we just got to realize what time it is for us. And we got to remember that every tradition ain't a bad thing. Every tradition is not a bad thing. But what we got to remember is, what we got to ask ourselves is, is these traditions more biblical? Or are we just doing it because Big Mama and them mm. did it so many years? And I think our brother sent us the quote. Yeah, so the quote and go and make simply no um learn from history and then go make history. That's it. Learn from it, then go make it. And the last thing last thing I would say is uh as we're closing out on the night, something that I heard my former pastor say, the late Reverend Dr. Fred K. Haney Jr. Sometimes our disappointments are nothing more than God's appointments. Meaning, some things that we look at as bad, God is only turning it around for our good. Peace out. So be blessed, y'all, and we will see y'all next week. Be blessed. Peace out. That's right. And And send questions, send questions, send questions or comments to what email, guys? Questions, comments, all All right. We're here for it. We'll see you next week. Peace. Conversation in the black at gmail.com.